This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 74, Black and White Thinking. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. episode, we're going to talk about black and white thinking. I'm going to warn you now, it may stir up some things inside of you. I can already see I might get some heated emails off this one because I'm going to challenge you to think in a whole new way. And a part of your brain is going to want to really, really hold on to black and white thinking, but I want you to see how it may not be serving you. Okay? Pinky, promise me you're going to open your eyes and your mind today, even if it feels uncomfortable, because that's what coaching is. It's stretching you. It's making you grow. As I say many times in my trainings and in my coaching, take what you love and leave the rest. But many times when we're triggered by something, and triggered means you have a quote-unquote negative emotion for more than seven seconds then that means there may be some deeper work there and there may be some truth to whatever I said that triggered you, okay? And I'm gonna show you why today even more, okay? So what is black and white thinking first off? Well, it's thinking in absolutes, like good or bad. Are you in? Are you out? This is amazing. This is awful, oh, this is success and this is failure, okay? So you're just like thinking in these two ends of the spectrum. Now, the media has tendencies to have black and white thinking with their reporting all the time, okay? If you Google the media is narcissistic, you'll find so many articles about how, in essence, the media feeds us this negativity and these things in extremes because they know it'll trigger our brain. You know, we talk about all the time on the show how our brain is here just to keep us safe. And if we're seeing all these threats around us, we want to go and we want to watch the news, right, to learn about those threats so that we can stay safe. Now, many of us are onto this game, but still our primitive brain gets hooked there. I know I have to pull myself back many times when I watch the news and think, whoo, all right, brain, you're really getting anxious here. Let's reel it back in, right? So the media, as I said, is built for this. In essence, they're just trying to do their job. They're trying to sell advertising. They're trying to get viewers. If they just did light and fluffy stuff all the time and things that were more neutral in their stories, then less people would tune in, okay? 
Now, I'm just going to give you a specific example of how I saw this recently. So I listened to a podcast called Guru, and I believe there's also a Netflix special on the same topic called Enlighten Us. And it's about a self-help guru, whatever, you know, personal development person, whatever you want to call it, named James Arthur Ray. And James was, gosh, like in the early 2000s, he was in the movie The Secret. You may remember those days. Um, He was just kind of like in this new age um, kind of personal development realm, right? So, you know, we had kind of the old school people like the Wayne Dyers, and then we brought in like the Tony Robbins of the world. And then James was like, kind of in this next group of people. So this is like right before we had social media and things of that sort. And so um, James got a lot of publicity, obviously, from The Secret. Then he also would go and do these live events, from what I understand, where he would then get clients from that. Whereas like now, you know, I do things like a podcast or, you know, I post on social media. And truly, I get a lot of clients just from referrals. But initially, somebody found me typically from something online. Well, he didn't have that. So we'd go to these live events, get clients, and he would then get them in this funnel of, you know, you go to this event and you pay a little bit of money and then you go to this next event and you pay more money and you kind of go up this, you know, again, this funnel, right? Until you get to this event called Spiritual Warrior. And at a Spiritual Warrior event, he would do more extreme things. So each event got more and more extreme. And at the Spiritual Warrior event, he would do this thing. Gosh, I don't even remember what they called it. And it wasn't even the right name for it. But in essence, like the sauna of things. Um, And he just pushed these people to an extreme. He didn't set it up right. Um, And so three people ended up dying because he'd pushed their bodies to the extreme. And he was just doing some really weird and wacky stuff, to be honest with you, of like, you know, don't trust yourself, trust me, and all this stuff. So when I'm listening to all this, I'm listening it from an ear of some of his stuff was actually really good talking about, you know, the way the brain works and personal development and, you know, manifesting and all that stuff. It's very similar to some of the stuff I teach my clients and here on the podcast, right? I just put a different spin on it. But what happened is James just got, his ego got way out of control. He sounded like he got a little greedy in there and he just kept like pushing more and more extremes to get people to pay more and to do, you know, all this stuff, right? But in the podcast and on the Netflix show, they really spun him as like he's this bad guy. He's this con artist. He was borderline leading a cult. And the reality is, is did James do some bad things? Absolutely. But he wasn't all bad. Okay. But I could just hear an episode after episode of this guru podcast. It was just like they were trying to spend every single thing that he did and make it seem like he was this bad guy. And that's very typical in the media, right? They find somebody as like this person's a murderer or this person's this, and then they just start spending things. Okay. And this is why, you know, a lot of celebrities, they hate the media. They're like, this is, you know, so annoying in regards to the way that I'm spun. And then they have to go through this whole PR campaign to, you know, be seen as somewhat good again. And then, you know, all of a sudden people love them again. It's just this whole love-hate relationship, right? So again, we see it a lot in the media. We see it a lot in the U.S. here with politics. 
especially right now, everybody is very divisive. It's very polarized. You know, Republicans a lot of times are seen as racist and greedy and anti-Christ-like. And Democrats are seen as baby killers and not good with money and so many other things. You know, we love to just label on both ends of the spectrum. Then we also see this in TV shows and on movies with relationships. I love you. I hate you. You're amazing. You're awful. Come near me. Go away. He loves me. He loves me not, right? We just see all these ups and downs, and that's what keeps us tuning in. We don't want to just see two people who are, you know, kind of boringly in love. We want to see the passion and the romance and the breakups and the pain. You know, that makes for great entertainment. That's why reality TV a lot of times is a little bit scripted because reality in general is just a little bit neutral. We also see this a lot with religion. You're a sinner. You're a saint. You're going to heaven. You're going to hell. That's good behavior. That's bad behavior. Are you with us? Are you against us? That's the voice of God or the devil. Okay, you see the two here? Even I always think about like the angel and the devil on your shoulders. It's like, is it good? Is it bad? And then many of us have this black and white thinking all the time. And because we were surrounded with it, with things like the media, like I said, and politics and, you know, um, what we consume and religion, we're just like, oh, this is just the way you think. This is just the way it should be. And black and white thinking is very toxic. It's very toxic in your life. I'm spotting black and white thinking in myself and with my clients all the time. In fact, I didn't really know what black and white thinking was until about a year ago when I was doing relationship coaching and I, uh, my coach, in essence, gave me this book called How We Love, had me take the test. And she said, well, you have this vacillator voice. And the vacillator is all about black and white thinking. And if you are a client of mine, you're like, okay, got it, Lindsay. I know this. We've already talked about this. If you don't know what a vacillator is yet, I encourage you to listen to my podcast called um, Your Inner Mean Girls. And then the one I just did, Overcoming Your Inner Mean Girls, because those two are going to help supplement this one. Because again, it's really important you understand what that vacillator voice is because she's the one that's generating this black and white thinking, okay? But just know this is not healthy behavior. It is very normalized, but it doesn't mean that it's serving you in any way, okay? Because when you have black and white thinking, it's likely impacting your relationships. It's likely impacting your career, the way even you eat, the way you think about yourself. I mean, it's everywhere. I say often the way we do one thing is the way we do many things. So even if you have a pattern of quitting a lot or you just find yourself kind of on this roller coaster of emotions of these ups and these downs, it's likely you have black and white thinking. Okay. So like I said, I'm catching it all the time. I'm catching it with clients. Many times we don't even realize we're doing it. So I'll give you an example I caught with a client recently. So this client came to me and she said, Lindsay, I just don't feel that confident at work. And, you know, here are some of my thoughts when I'm around this certain person who triggers me is that I'm not as good as her. I'm not enough and all this stuff. And I said, great. Okay, you've got the awareness. Now, how do you want to intentionally think about it? And then she immediately went to, I'm amazing. I'm awesome. I'm wonderful. And I said, okay, granted, you can definitely think those things. 
but why do we need to go so extreme? Like, it seems very black and white. And we had been talking about black and white thinking. And he said, what if we just go more neutral? And she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. And, you know, I would have maybe not caught that in myself too. It's very subtle sometimes. When you're an outsider looking at it, like I am as a coach, you can spot it pretty easily. Now, in my own life, I have black and white thinking often too, especially around my marriage. So if my husband frustrates me, say for like a couple of days or longer, I will start to have the thoughts, ugh, why did I get married? I want out of this. Okay? So it's that black and white of like, I'm in, I'm out. This is good. This is bad. Yeah? So I have to stop myself in those moments of, okay, I want out of the marriage. Why did I do this? And I start to ask myself the questions I'm going to share with you in a bit to get out of that extreme black and white thinking. Because going from my marriage is awesome to my marriage is awful has made an impact on my marriage. And I've realized that since doing marriage coaching, because I just thought, well, this is just, again, normal, because that's what I saw around me. And that's what I saw with my parents, even because many times, we inherit black and white thinking. Most of us kind of grow up in an environment where we see this, not just with the media, but with our parents. It's especially there when a parent has what's considered a personality disorder, like borderline or narcissism. So in my home growing up, there it was a lot. It was everywhere. And these were kind of the things I heard on the daily. Okay, and some of this might be triggering to some of you just right out the gate, but I heard a lot that Republicans are awful people and Democrats are amazing. Like every single thing that went bad, my parents would blame Republicans. Even like I remember my mom driving and maybe she got cut off or she didn't like something another driver did. And if they were in what appeared like a car Republican would drive, like an SUV or a van, van were really big in the 90s, then she would be like, oh, goddamn Republicans. And that was like really seeped into my blood, right? The other thing I got a lot as a kid is if I did not get 100, then I was kind of told that I was, I had failed. And it was just seen as, well, until you get 100, 100's the, what we strive for here, right? So black and white, right? Of all or nothing. Yeah. And if somebody made a mistake, it was very quickly labeled as that person is bad. That's a bad thing. Versus like, oh, that person just made a, you know, a poor choice kind of thing. Okay. So this black and white thinking also stems from people who are naturally really passionate people because they're deep feelers, they're empathetic. And so they have these high highs. They're able to experience things like high extremes of joy and passion and creativity and love. And then they also experience really low lows, a lot of sadness and anger and shame. And that is a beautiful thing. I'm in that boat with you if you're in there too. And I love that about me. But at the same time, it is very exhausting as well. And I'm, I've gotten to a point where these two extremes of awesome and awful and good and bad has taken a lot out of my nervous system. And I've seen how these patterns, yes, they've gotten me to the point where I am today and 
you know, that's not an all bad place, but where I'm growing to next, this stuff doesn't serve me anymore. All right. So start to think about that too, as I'm talking today is like, is this pattern still serving me? Because I just got to a point where I didn't need as much of that drive and that passion and those high level feelings or these low level feelings to get me beyond where I am today. Now I need to just stabilize and I need to, in essence, build upon what I have versus this drive of go, 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 go. And, you know, cut out anybody along the way who, you know, my brain has labeled as quote unquote bad or, you know, not serving me or whatever. And instead, you know, really think, okay, I really want to deepen my marriage and figure out how to have a very successful long-term marriage and relationship, which I haven't seen, I haven't done. You know, I don't have a lot of long-term relationships under my belt because of this black and white thinking and, you know, things of my business and things of that sort, okay? So where we're wanting to get initially, well, eventually, I should say, is for you to be in this neutral ground. This does not mean you're numb. It means you're neutral. And I'm going to talk a whole nother podcast on neutral versus numb. But neutral is really just saying like, I'm here, I'm present, I'm open to whatever life gives me and whatever life gives me. I know that it's it's going to be 50-50 no matter what, even if it's something amazing. Like say I went a trip of a lifetime and I get to, you know, travel the world in this trip. And yes, you're going to experience joy and excitement and love and all those things with it. But there's probably also going to be some feelings that don't feel so great with it. And some things that happen along the trip that maybe isn't that awesome. Okay. Same with something you're going through that's really awful. Yeah, it may seem really awful at the time, but there's also some amazing blessings in it. So really, everything in life that we go through can be looked at as very neutral. It's our thoughts about that that cause it to not be neutral. And this is why I love the tool, the self-coaching model so much. And I know I've been talking about so much on the show. And if you just haven't listened to any of those episodes, I really encourage you to. I think the best one where I describe the model is in uh, the solve any problem episode. So go listen to that one. But in essence, the model is saying, let's just look at the circumstance of what's going on And whatever that is, we want to make it as neutral as possible, okay? So, you know, for a lot of people with politics, you know, they think, you know, Republicans are bad, right? Like my parents would. Well, that's really a thought, right? Republicans, one of the things I didn't like about Republicans were some of their financial uh, beliefs, right? So really the circumstances, Republicans in general believe X, Y, Z, right? Believe in low taxes, believe in, you know, not taxing the rich as much or whatever it is, okay? And so you want to make that as neutral as possible because really, again, everything that happens in our life is pretty neutral. It's our thoughts about it that determine our feelings about it, okay? So when clients come to me and, and, you know, they're on these ups and downs and I say, okay, we're going to get to this neutral place, they kind of look at me funny and think, is that really where I want to go? And me having grown here, especially this past year, as I've been super intentional about it, I'm like, trust me, honey, it is awesome here. I still have passion and I still have my beliefs, but being in this neutral place is wonderful, okay? You're going to build so much momentum from this place, so much stability from this place, and you're still going to be you, but without these extremes 
and a lot of drama that comes with those extremes. Okay. So as I said, black and white thinking harms your relationships. It harms your career. It harms the way you think about yourself. It even harms possibly, you know, some of the habits you're doing in your life, especially with eating and shopping and things of that sort. So let's get really clear on the steps you need to take when you are experiencing black and white thinking. Okay, you ready? We're going to go through four steps. The first one is you have to just first be aware of it. So if you're thinking of something in extremes, like you're using the words always, never, impossible, perfect, awful, amazing, good, or bad, those are just some examples, that is a flag, hmm, I may be having some black and white thinking. So I'll give you some examples of how this can look. I am always doing XYZ. So I hear my husband say this one on the repeat pretty regularly. I am always the one cleaning up around here. One that I told him recently in a fight, and I've shared this on the podcast, but you never plan dates anymore. Some people, when they're really going at it in a relationship, they'll think it's impossible that this relationship could work. A lot of times when clients start working with me, they'll start putting me on this pedestal and they'll start saying, well, Lindsay, you're so perfect or you're so amazing or awesome or whatever. And I start to realize, okay, this person has black and white thinking because they're starting to idealize me. And what happens when people do that is the only place I can go is down. And so I'll start talking them out of it if we haven't yet talked about black and white thinking. And I'll be like, no, you're the one that did da-da-da. You're the one because they think that I'm like in essence, um, the one that's, you know, saved them. And they don't think in that way, but like, I'm the one who's so amazing giving them results. And it's like, no, it's mostly you. I'm here to help you along the way. And really I'm doing that because again, I don't want them to put me on this pedestal and start to think that I'm all good because what happens then is if one thing happens where I'm not good in their brain anymore, they can very quickly label me as bad. And then all of a sudden, you know, we have a day where we do some coaching that gets uncomfortable or whatever. And they're like, I want to quit. I'm out of here. Like I have a client right now like this. So we've actually coached for a while together. But the coaching style that I had with her one-on-one was a lot of hand-holding, very soft because that's what she needed at the time. And now she's in a group program and I've told them even just going to the group is like, it's a different style of coaching and it's, it's more generalized, right? It's not specific for whatever that person needs. It's more of a kick in the butt. And she's come at me many times of like, I really want to quit this. I really want to quit this because it's making me feel uncomfortable. And she's come at it too of like, I'm building my awareness, not like I'm definitely going to quit, right? Which has been great. But she's, she's starting to realize on a deeper level this black and white thinking, right? Because for a while, she had put me on this pedestal, okay? So the other thing is when somebody is, is saying my body is awful or something else is awful, right? Or your body's amazing or this is amazing. And a lot of people do this with goals. Like once I make a million dollars, then I'm gonna, it's going to be amazing. I catch this actually with my husband a lot too because I've said many times on the podcast he's a money guy. And so a lot of times when he's thinking about his money goals, I'm like, oh, and we have this in the bank. It's like, oh, that's, that's like it. You know, when I get this to this destination, it's going to be amazing there. And I'm like, no, we're going to get to that destination. It's going to be the same life. We're just going to have more money in the bank right? I love what Brooke Castillo from Life Coach Soul says about this. It's like, no matter where you are, 
with any goal or any place in life, life is always 50-50. Now, I'm a big believer in 80-20, and I like to think like life can be 80% awesome or good, right? Or bad, or I don't know how we want to view it. We don't want to go black and white, but it's 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 in those yummy emotions, right? And 20% up to 50% of the time, it's in that not so yummy emotions. And that's just the way the human journey is meant. You know, it's just like, We don't know dark without light. We don't know cold without hot. And sometimes we don't know these quote unquote negative emotions without these quote unquote positive ones and vice versa, right? And so, you know, kind of taking that off is realizing no matter what destination you get to in life or, you know, what you gain or achieve or whatever, it's still just going to be you getting there, but likely with more money or a new job or whatever. Now, of course, when you're changing your mindset and you're growing and things of that sort, yes, just do things shift and all that, but there's still always going to be this element of things that are uncomfortable when you get there, right? And so for a lot of people, sometimes this can be a huge letdown and they'll go into this black and white thinking spiral of, I thought this job was going to be so amazing and it's not this huge high standard of amazing that I thought and so it just must be awful and then all of a sudden you know then they're quitting the job and this is happening a lot with people with black and white thinking I did this in my early 20s you know I was like oh I just gotta get out of college I just gotta get out of here and I labeled it as awful because there was just some things that happened and I was like oh I'm done with college let me get out of here. And then it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do this thing. And then that was kind of awesome and kind of awful. And then the next thing was kind of awesome and kind of awful. And anytime there was any awful on there, my brain just quickly wanted to label it as awful because I had just built up such this high expectation of awesome that when anything, you know, quote unquote, went bad, it was like, this is awful. I'm out of here. Okay, so this happens a lot, a lot of quitting, a lot of moving around, just a lot of this frantic action that we've talked about on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that episode, I know I'm listening to so many other episodes, but that's a great one, Massive versus Frantic Action. We want to get you again to this place where you're just like very calm, very neutral. You know, I'll even have clients sometimes come to me and say, Lindsay, I just feel like so at peace and, you know, just, just so neutral all the time. I'm like, exactly. Like, this is what we've worked towards. Isn't that awesome? Like, it's just so weird. I'm like, I know, right? You know, as coaches, we're taught this in a lot of ways. We're taught if we come in with anything more than neutrality, when somebody brings us something, then it's not quote unquote clean coaching. And we have attached to some sort of outcome for that client. And that is a big flag that we need to do either some self-coaching on ourselves or get coached by another coach. And I actually caught this in myself recently. One of my clients said she got back with an ex that we had worked on for many months for her to leave. And it came out of left field for me. And when I got her email, I was, I shouldn't have been checking my email to begin with at this time because I was making dinner and I got this email and I was like, oh, fuck, was what I was thinking. And I found myself like just getting frustrated and all that. I'm like, whoa, wait a second, Lindsay. Like you have obviously attached to this. This is not clean coaching. You need to be just always be neutral with things because that's what clients are coming to us for is neutrality and allowing us to show them their brains and their feelings. And that's not about me at all, right? So I've had to really learn on a deeper level how to practice this neutrality. And I've done it pretty well in my coaching, but I'm having to do it even more in my personal life, as I've said, okay? 
So again, the first thing is to catch if you're thinking of something in extremes. And it's so important you become aware of that because if you're not aware of it, you can't go and do the next steps. So it's it's so important that you become aware of you thinking in extremes. And as I said, it's really tricky. This is one of the reasons why I have a coach. This is why people hire me as their coaches to show them their brain in a way that they may not be seeing because they're so close to their own brain. Okay. But if you spot it and, and you've got the awareness, awesome. Now, if you find yourself kind of acting in extremes, because that may come first before the the thoughts of it, here are some behaviors to look out for. If you're just having really big ups and downs with emotions, like I love you, I hate you, I'm in, I'm out, you know, that can be a sign you're in this black and white thinking. If you're feeling like you're wanting to push people away, if you're wanting to quit things, especially abruptly quit things, that's a sign. If you're finding that others just have this kind of fall from grace thing, you know, I, again, I've tended to do this with people that I've admired. It's like, this person's so awesome and so awesome. And then all of a sudden I'll learn something about them that's maybe not so awesome. And I'll think, ugh, oh man, you know, and I'll start to have like all these seeds of doubt about him and I'll have to catch myself and say, wait a second, Lindsay, you know, this person, here's all the awesome things about them or wonderful, whatever term we want to use, right? And and yet here's some things that's not so great. And that's just how it is. It's the people are not one or the other. They're both. Every single person, every single situation, as I keep saying, has good and bad in it. It's not one or the other. We're all mixed in with both of these things. And so it really calms my brain to do that. But going back to spotting, you know, patterns for you is, you know, again, that fall from grace. If you just feel a lot of disappointment, like a lot of disappointment in something. And remember when we talked about that dealing with disappointment episode, I talk about that when we feel disappointment, that's really a cover for us feeling sad, but because sad feels a lot of times like it's weak, we'll turn to anger. And so we'll just come out firing, right? It's like, I don't want to do this. I'm out of here. Da, 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 all that stuff. Okay. The other thing is if you're eating in a way where you're binging and especially if you're binging and purging, which again, this is like beyond this podcast, that's definitely you need to go seek help for that. That's an eating disorder at that point. But if you had a pattern of that in the past, or you're just doing the binging part, that's a sign of black and white thinking. Um, What else do I have on here? Oh, if if you expect someone needs to be on the exact same page as you about something or many things, then that's another sign. So it's like we all have to think alike in order for us to be all in that can be black and white thinking. Um, If you view something as responsible or not responsible, again, it goes that good or bad. So right now my husband and I are watching kind of a trashy show, to be honest. It's called Filthy Rich and it's with Kim Cattrall in it. Um, And it's just in the first few episodes, but it's about, in essence, this um, family who's very highly religious and they've built this huge brand based on their religion and, you know, being these kind of public figures, but behind the scenes, they do all these corrupt things. And um, it makes me think about, again, like this black and white thinking of, you know, here's my good self and then behind closed doors is my bad self. And again, we see this, unfortunately, so often in religion of people like here, you know, 
here's my good things and all the da 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 da. And then they just go and they turn almost to these extremes, right? Versus just kind of being this neutrality of like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of good and I'm kind of bad, right? Versus kind of putting on this show and hiding these deep, dark demons inside of them, okay? So again, those can be some behaviors of black and white thinking, but really catch yourself if you're thinking in extremes. So if you've caught yourself in that behavior and that thinking, then you need to ask yourself, how is what you just thought or said not true? Okay, so I'm reading a book right now. It's kind of an oldie and it's by Byron Katie and it's called Loving What Is. And I've had this book for many years. And for whatever reason, every time I pick it up, I just can't get through it. I get really tired when I get through it. And I know why, because it's a big stretch for me. It's really teaching me to love everything in front of me. And it's taking, in essence, this next level of this black and white thinking and bringing neutrality with it. And the really first question that that Katie always asks people is they'll come to her and say, you know, my husband's a cheater. He doesn't love me or something, you know, whatever it is. And she'll say, well, how how is that not true? Or she'll say, is it true? Right. So for you, I'm wanting to spin this question is, say, if you come and you say, my body is awful, I want you to then ask yourself again how is that not true? Okay. So sometimes, you know, I mentioned with my marriage, I'll be like, oh, why did I get married? This is awful. And then I'll stop myself and say, how is that not true? I'll be like, okay, Lindsay, there's so many amazing things in your marriage. Like it is 80% good. And then, you know, here we go back with the black and white thinking, right? But it's 80% pretty good. (laughs) They said this stuff is deep, right? These patterns. So it's 80% pretty good and 20% kind of not as good. And that's okay. When you're going into this, oh, I want to get out of here. This is bad. It's just not true. And so just asking yourself that question alone of how is this not true will start to tell your brain of like, okay, let me see some patterns here or some evidence for how this could not be a black and white situation, right? So if I, we do the body one of my body is awful, okay, it, how could that not be true? Well, my body is keeping me alive right now. My body, um, you know, is healthy. My body, I love my skin or my hair or whatever, right? So it's not all bad. It's just I don't really like my stomach or I don't really like my weight right now or whatever, right? And that's where, again, you start to bring this neutrality to it versus thinking in these extremes, okay? Then the next thing that I want you to do is because in essence, when we think in black and white thinking, we really power up the nervous system, okay? And this kind of fight, flight, or freeze response, and we want to calm that, okay? So the first thing, as I said, you're going to do is ask, you know, how is this not true? And that's going to calm it a little bit, but then I really want you to just be able to feel, okay? So start to ask yourself, what is it that I feel when I think this extreme or black and white, whatever you want to label it as, thought, okay? So if I go back to the example in my life when I think, oh, I, I don't wish I didn't get married. I don't like this. I want out. You know, I'll just recognize the feelings of like, oh, I feel anxious right now and I feel scared and I feel, um, I don't know, a little trapped and, and things of that sort. Okay. And so I'll just start to recognize what those feelings are and then I'll go deeper with it. Okay, and I'll I'll start to ask, where am I feeling this in my body? Okay, 
So it's like, oh, I feel this in my throat or I feel this in my head or my you know, shoulders or my heart or wherever it is, my stomach. Just really start to describe where it is it is in your body or find where it is in your body and then go deeper and describe it and be like, okay, it's in my throat and it feels like someone's choking me, like something's really, really tight on my throat and the energy inside just feels really um, heavy it's almost like this big thing is in my throat and I just need to get it out. And again, you're just going to start to describe it to yourself. Okay. The more you can describe it, the better. I know it feels really silly to do this, but this is how we all should be taught to feel our feelings. And if you're in my coaching program and you're like, Lindsay, you never taught me this. This is what's coming up for you in the new Authentically Awesome. So that's the second part of my coaching program. So you're getting a taste of this now because I'm going to teach you how to feel your feelings even more. Okay. So as I said, again, you're going to describe where it is in your body, and then you're going to just go into more details about it and just breathe through it. Okay. So it's like, oh, it's in my throat. It feels really heavy. Oh, it just feels like this big, you know, heavy ball of something. And then just breathe through it. It's like, oh, okay. And then it's like, okay, where is this going? And just, you know, start to describe it more and more. And this is, again, why a coaching session can be so helpful. And I even know of some therapists that do this. And so it's just so powerful when we can have somebody else hold space for this. But I know you can't always have that, especially, you know, in the moment of life of, you know, you need it right then and now. And so you just want to kind of walk yourself through it and feel it to a point where it feels like it's just starting to lessen. Okay, when we truly go in and feel the depth of our feelings, then that's when it just kind of comes and goes as as a wave does in the water and we'll start to push it away. Okay, so I recently had a coaching session where I did this and I said, you know, I just um, I had a fight recently with my husband and I've kind of processed it in my head, but I want to process it in my body more. I want to really feel my feelings with it. And she's like, great. So this is what we did in essence. Because again, this is how we feel our feelings. And we all just knew this. She's like, okay, where is it? And at the time I was like, well, it's in my chest and it's in my head. She's like, okay, well, what color does it feel like? And so we described the colors. And she said, what kind of buzzing is it? Is it a fast or is it slow? And I said, well, you know, the head is really fast, but the heart is really slow. And we just walked through the whole thing. And she's like, tell me more about it. And so I told her more. And then she'd ask me more questions from there. And then it just, by the end of our 20-minute session, it was like, this whole thing had lifted off. And then it just wasn't like I was carrying this around anymore because I'd felt the depth of that feeling of it. Okay. So really spend some time feeling through that. And it doesn't have to take that long. It can only take a few minutes because otherwise it's just going to live inside of you until you can fully feel the entire wave of whatever that emotion is. And when you have black and white thinking, it's coming from this anxious, you know, again, fight or flight response. And so you've got to calm that nervous system. And even if you don't want to describe it, if all you want to do is breathe through it, then just breathe through it and keep breathing through it. Okay. And the next thing you can do is you're breathing and maybe you're, you've already described the feelings is then remind yourself the true and serving thoughts that you started to think in step two when you said, okay, how is this not true? So if you're like, my body is awful and maybe you have this big triggering instance from that of, okay, my body is keeping me alive. My body is healthy. I love my skin. I love my hair and just kind of calming yourself through this. Okay, so like the other example I gave with my marriage, 
And sometimes I'll just call myself and I'll think of all the great things about my husband and about our marriage. Like, whoo, okay, everything's okay. I'm going to be fine or some other thoughts that I have. Okay, because again, a lot of times, as I said, this black and white thinking is handed down to us. Yes, we get it from, you know, external media types, circumstances or, or influences, right? And, and religion, all of that sort. But it also comes, as I said earlier, this vacillator. And this vacillator grew up in an environment where there it was hot and cold. And many times it came from a parent who was like in and out and nice and then mean. And so we never knew what we were going to get. And so we just developed these coping mechanisms and this, this level of anxiety, either a low level or a higher level of just trying to deal with that. And for most of us, the threat of that is over. And so we have to really understand that we don't need that response anymore. Okay. And so this is where, again, like deeper coaching work can help to get you through this. Journaling is so powerful to be able to walk yourself through these kind of steps and just getting your feelings out on paper and seeing what your thoughts are. Again, the self-coaching model is so helpful. Writing in third person, even when you're journaling of, you know, saying your name. So, you know, Lindsay had a moment where she felt like she wanted to leave her marriage. This is what happened and da 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 Because then you're going to start to see it from a different perspective and you're going to see it as a story. You're going to get more out of your emotional brain and more into your logical brain. And you're going to say, whoa, that is definitely some thinking that's not serving me. And you're going to spot maybe that black and white thinking even more. Okay. So just this stuff is so helpful. It's so helpful to calm our nervous system with things. I also find that a lot of people with black and white thinking, they're very judgmental with themselves. I hear this a lot from clients that say, you know, Lindsay, what I'm experiencing right now is bad or awful or something's gone wrong. It's like, what if, you know, I know we label a lot of emotions as negative and that's why on the show I'll I'll typically say quote unquote negative, but what if there's never a negative, bad or wrong thing that ever happens to us? Like, think about that for a second. Again, if we go back to the self-coaching model, we look at every single circumstance as neutral, even, you know, ones that we would very quickly label as bad of like a death or a divorce or whatever. Like, what if it's, it's just all neutral? There's nothing bad that can ever happen. What if we just take those labels off? That's what I'm encouraging my clients to do is like, nothing's gone wrong here. Okay, you're not feeling great today. Let's talk about it. Like, well, I just feel like I'm struggling. I'm like, watch the way you're labeling that because it is the way you're labeling that really going to serve you because then what happens is like you start feeling feelings, which we need to process, but then you start to have the judgment of the feelings. And so then we've got to process the judgment of the feelings. And so let's just take the judgment off, right? And let's just start to believe like nothing has ever gone wrong. There's never anything bad that can happen. It's all just a part of the journey. I remember thinking this for the first time as I went through my divorce and I just felt like I was putting this label on myself and in essence, society was putting this label of like, I'm divorced and divorce equals bad. And I remember having this higher moment of consciousness and thinking, you know, is that really what we're going through life to do is to have this ultimate success of doing everything perfectly? Or is it that we're going through life to experience growth? And the, the way that we experience growth the most is from making, you know, what some people would consider mistakes. 
And so when I look back on things like my divorce and, you know, other mistakes that I've made in my life, you know, quote unquote mistakes, right? It's like, man, that was such an amazing growth opportunity. And so that's how I'll start to label it now in my brain. I'll be like, what a great growth opportunity. Okay, didn't hit my goal this month. Let's figure out how to grow from this. Great. Okay, this thing didn't happen. Woo, this kind of hurts. Let me feel the feelings of this, just like I walked you through. Let me figure out what I intentionally want to think instead. And whoop, another opportunity to grow. Because I just realized it does not serve me to sit around and judge myself, even when I am experiencing black and white thinking. Because as I said earlier, this is coming from a childhood of experiencing a lot of black and white behavior and a lot of black and white thoughts. And I want to show a ton of love to myself because, you know, in essence, the little kid version of me, that works for her. The reason I got to where I am today is because of some of that black and white thinking and vacillating behavior that was like, I'm getting the F out of here and here's how I'm going to do it. And just having this like drive for success you know, this is how a lot of women become go-getters. It's like, I'm not stopping until I get what I want. But then what happens is that we start to get what we want. And it's like, whoa, wait a second. I think I may actually be sabotaging now what it is I've gained to achieve because I don't know how to hold on to it. I don't know how to be, in essence, like in this fight mentality anymore. So how do I change it? And the way we start to change it is to recognize our black and white thinking and start to, in essence, change the thoughts. Okay, so big stuff here, my friend. I hope you have some takeaways with this. If your brain is really fighting me on this one of like, well, I don't want to stop labeling this thing as bad. It doesn't mean you have to. Okay, there are definitely some things in our world that is not great stuff. Okay, look at racism, right? Discrimination, murder, you know, all those other things. But we still have to, in essence, and this is just what I've chosen to believe, you can choose to believe whatever you want, is taking that back and saying, okay, yeah, this is pretty awful or pretty bad, but maybe there's some good in this too, okay? And again, I know if we're looking at just the racism thing, some of you are like, well, that's really coming from a position of um, privilege, Lindsay, and I totally get that. But even when I'm thinking about like gender discrimination and stuff, it's like, okay, some of this is pretty awful, but some of this is also pretty awesome. Like this is an opportunity for a woman to really step up to the plate and, you know, do so many things from this. Okay. So again, take what you love, leave the rest. I just want you to start to think about what is serving you and not serving you here. Okay. Because I really, I'm here just to serve you however you wish you do hire me as your coach though and you tell me, hey, here are the goals that I want to get. I'm going to be the one that's going to challenge you to get there. And some of that's going to be calling you out on your BS, which is sometimes black and white thinking. Okay. So just know that, right, my friends? So that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning into the show and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you 
every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.